you know, when I was 21, a mentor of mine said to me, if you end up with the story you started with, then you weren't listening along the way. And I think that's really great advice for life. And I think it's really great advice for filmmaking, which is, you know, don't be dogmatic, you know, be open to the story changing, be under, be open to the sort of wonderful accidents of life. From Chispa House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and today our guest is one very bold and very gritty guy named Matthew Heineman. Uh, he is a filmmaker who is truly not afraid to put his camera in some really frightening situations in order to tell a story to the best of his ability, and he's done it very successfully countless times. He is the founder of New York-based production company Our Time Projects and has created some really incredible documentary films, one being Cartel Land and another being City of Ghosts, both of which take place in some pretty dangerous locations uh, on our planet. Uh, Matt currently directs the Showtime docuseries The Trade and recently directed his first narrative film back in 2018 called A Private War, which mixes traditional narrative filmmaking with his own really unique documentary style. His work has led him to Golden Globe and Academy Award nominations, as well as an Emmy Award victory. So I am excited to share his outlook with you all, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back. I have an amazing guest on with me today. His name is Matthew Heineman and he is incredibly successful. We are pumped to have you on. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to dive right into it because I know we don't have too much time, but I want to start with just kind of your background and uh, how did you discover that filmmaking like was your passion? Like when did you know you wanted to be a filmmaker? So I studied history in college and I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know film background at all. And um, I applied for this program, Teach for America, and it got rejected. And so I was trying to like, sort of figure out with my best friends you know, what, what should we do with our lives? Like, like many other soon to be college graduates. And we sort of had this idea to drive around the U S for three months in an RV uh, to try to understand what our generation was about and um, bought a video camera, taught myself as we went and, and sort of shot this kaleidoscopic film about, about sort of what it's like to be young in today's America at, you know, at that point. Um, and it was my film school. You know, I learned as I went, made a lot of mistakes, but, you know, through that process, I fell in love with, uh, with filmmaking. Yeah, that's awesome. So did your friends kind of motivate you to pursue that as a career after that, that point? No, I mean, we all sort of went off in our different ways and different careers. I'm the only one that ended up going to film. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a few experiences in, in, in that journey that I'll never forget. And, 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 you know, I really remember those moments as, as, as sort of formative and, and, where I felt like, wow, this what a, what a absolute you know honor it is to be able to tell people the stories, to be able to, to have people open up their lives to you, and so that led to a job at HBO, and and then that led to sort of my first feature doc about healthcare in America called uh, Escape Fire. 
Yeah. I mean, crazy that you landed at HBO so early in your career. Um, You've become such this like accredited cinematographer and filmmaker, but I imagine there's been some obstacles and challenges that you maybe have had to overcome in order to reach the level of success that you've achieved so far. Uh, What is something that was like kind of a challenge for you or something that you nearly almost kind of failed at that helped shape your skills and your creativity and then also helped you kind of move forward in your career? I mean, so many moments, you know, I, I think, in, especially after going on that cross country trip, I, I really, I still didn't know at that point, like, you know, could I pursue this as a career? I, I moved to New York. I was living in a basement. I was editing the film out of a closet. Um, you know, all my friends had like real jobs and stuff. And um, it was definitely sort of a weird, strange time. And I definitely doubted whether I could, I could make a career out of this. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I just, you know, I stuck with it. And one thing, you know, led to another and, and I was able to get that job at HBO and, and that sort of really jump-started my career. I'd like to think that I, I, I work really hard. And I think that that is something that's sort of been ingrained in me from childhood. I, I, I played sports growing up and I've always been a really, really hard worker. And so I think that, um, I mean, it's obviously super cliched, but I think that is what allowed me to really have whatever small amount of success I've had is just, I work really, really, really hard yeah. and I haven't, I haven't lost that to this day. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's something that everyone can take into account when they're starting their career, no matter their industry is like, if you want to succeed, like, it doesn't matter what, like, you didn't even come from a film background. Like, it doesn't matter the skill set you have. Like, if you work really hard, you can see success. And you said you've, maybe the little success you've had. However, I want to kind of hype you up because you have been incredibly successful. Like you've earned multiple Emmy awards and additional nominations. You've received Academy Award nominations. And I I mean, that's just the start. Um, However, you recently directed your first feature film titled A Private War, which was phenomenal, by the way. And that film received two Golden Globe nominations as well, which has made you one of the only filmmakers ever nominated for both a narrative and documentary Directors Guild Awards. So first of all, congrats. <laughs> that is an outstanding portfolio of achievements. But all of that to say, like, why did you decide to take a stab at narrative work when you were so well-versed in documentary filmmaking? I mean, I, I think of a bunch of different reasons. I, one of the beautiful things about film is it's such a malleable form. And I think I, I want to keep pushing myself, pushing boundaries and, and trying to push the form in, in a way that, I, you know, feels organic to me. And, and I love that each, you know, every couple of years, I'm given the opportunity to dive into a new world, to explore a new world, both intellectually and creatively. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I just absolutely love, love, love what I do is mm-hmm. it's such a, such an honor. And so I think with the private war, I, I after making Cartel Land, uh, you know, a bunch of people approached me in LA and in Hollywood to, to see if I wanted to make narrative films. And I, you know, I got an agent and I, you know, I, I wasn't sure whether this is actually something I really wanted to pursue. And then somebody sent me a script, uh, an early draft of the script that ultimately became a private war. And it just mm-hmm. spoke to me in such a profound way. You know, I, it's about a you know, journalist who was killed in Syria and it's about the sort of last 10 years of her life. And and it's about that sort of addiction to covering war zones and, and journalism. And so, you know, it was obviously something I could re- relate to. And so, you know, it, it really spoke to me. And so that's why I decided to to make it. And it was a, you know, I, I feel very lucky now to be able to you know make both docs and narratives. 
I know that you said filmmaking is so malleable and that's part of the reason you like it, but I imagine there were probably a little bit of difference in experiences between making a narrative film and then making the docu-film. What was the biggest difference between the two that maybe like you almost weren't expecting? It's a totally different experience, you know, for, with yeah. my docs, I'm used to sort of being out on my own um, in the middle of nowhere and being having a really, really small footprint with, with the private war, obviously it was, you know, it was a big, feature film and mm -hmm. I had you know hundreds of people sometimes on set at a time and so it's just a totally different experience and I think that one of the hardest things for me the transition was sort of not that docs are like a pure endeavor but you know you're, you're not constantly thinking about money you're not constantly thinking about economics and you know in, in a feature film whether it's a five thousand dollar film or a fifty million dollar film every single decision has a sort of dollar sign attached to it you want to change angles you want to do more takes you know, oh, the light's going down, oh, it's raining, so we have to, you know, go down for a couple hours. Like, every single decision has a dollar sign attached to it. And so yeah. that sort of, like, intersection of, like, economics and creativity was, was, was hard for me to get used to at first. But, um, again, that's it's the same with any, any feature film you make. But I think what I really tried to do, especially with The Private War, was not sort of go away from my roots as a documentary filmmaker, but embrace mm -hmm. them. There's, there's, there's so many elements in A Private War that feel like a documentary, you know, I, I shot it like a documentary. I use, obviously there's famous actors like Rosamund Pike and Stanley Tucci and Jamie Dornan in it, but around them, you know, especially in the war zones, I used all non-actors, you yeah. know, people from the various countries that I was depicting. And that was really important to me because I wanted to bring a level of authenticity to those places, to those scenes, to those experiences. So that when, you know, when we're in Syria, and she's taught, you know, Rosamund Pike is, is, is talking to somebody in, you know, a bombed out shelter. The women that she's speaking to are actually women who were in that shelter in real life in Syria. And, and they spoke mm -hmm. from, from real experience. And those tears were real tears. And so oh it just God. brought a real... Authenticity almost. Uh, yeah, authenticity but to both the whole experience and, and especially to the set that day. Yeah, I was going to say that A Private War did feel like if I didn't know that it was a narrative, it almost did feel very documentary style. And I'm, it's so cool that you were able to combine your skill set and like your style of documentary work to a narrative film like this. My last topic that I want to touch on, just because I felt like I couldn't not at least briefly bring up and discuss Cartel Land since I mentioned it in the beginning and everyone has to go check it out if you haven't before because it's truly incredible. It is on Hulu currently if anyone needs to go watch it. But I'm curious above all else that we could possibly talk about with that uh, film because like I said, it, it's so admirable. I have to know, how did you get access to those people in Mexico and the border control groups? And like, how did you learn how to even approach those types of people? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the, that's the like, funny thing about film and, and this career is that you, you obviously, each film, you, you grow as an artist and you grow as a person. And mm -hmm. hopefully you're doing that in life as well. But I, I, I still feel like even in my old age of 37, that like I'm still constantly, you know, learning and, and, and sort of, you know, testing new techniques and, and sort of, I'm, I'm always scared. And I think that that fear of, of failure, that fear of not knowing what you're doing is what pushes you, what drives you. I'm not really answering your question, but no, vis -a -vis <laughs> actually answering your question. Again, I mean, I, for that film, excuse me, I read a Rolling Stone article about the U.S. side of the story, the vigilantes who are operating on the U.S. side of the border. It just fascinated me. And so I went and met with the journalist at a bar, got to know him. He introduced me to the characters. I spent about six or eight months 
gaining their trust and then eventually going down to film there. And, and at first it was just, you know, through that prism. And then my father actually sent me an article in the Wall Street Journal about this group uh, known as the Autodefensas in Michoacan, Mexico, who are rising up to fight against the local cartel there. Mm-hmm. And so literally uh, immediately upon reading that, I knew that I wanted to create this sort of parallel juxtaposition of citizens, quote unquote, you know, taking the law into their own hands. And within a week or so, I was down in Mexico filming. That's and great. so, you know, it, it's all about, I mean, docs are all about trust. It's all about gaining people's trust. And it's about spending time. Like, that's a key to what I do, at least, is, is you know, you can't just helicopter in and out for, you know, a couple of minutes, a couple of days. You know, for me, it's all about developing that trust and rapport over the period of weeks or months so that, you know, you can become a part of the fabric of the daily lives of your characters and and so that you can really capture those really true and honest moments and you know i think the other key is is that you know when i was 21 a mentor of mine said to me if you end up with the story you started with then you weren't listening along the way and i think that's really great advice for life and i think it's really great advice for filmmaking which is you know don't be dogmatic, you know, be open to the story changing, be under be open to the sort of wonderful accidents of life. And I've tried to bring that ethos into every single film I make. And I also try to bring that ethos into my career is, you know, I, when I when I got rejected from Teacher America, I never knew that I'd go on this road yeah. trip. When I went on that road trip, I never knew I'd be a filmmaker. When I went after that, when I was editing in basement, I never knew I got a job at HBO. And mm-hmm. obviously one thing led to another. And but I think you know I was always open to the story changing on a macro sense. And then within each film, you know, looking at Cartel and that film began as a story, really, especially on the Mexican side, of examining what I thought were sort of this heroic, you know, citizen revolution against the cartels. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over time, the lines between good and evil became ever more blurry. And so that's, you know, and, and the film can constantly changed. My perception of the film constantly changed. My perception of my characters constantly changed. And it was absolutely key to be open to that change. I can pinpoint exactly what you're talking about. I don't want to give any of it away to the people of our listeners who haven't maybe watched it yet, but there is a point where I notice, like, okay, my entire perspective has changed. It's amazing that you were able to adapt to that and you were able to see changes like that and go with them. And I mean, props to you for being in some of those very intense situations with the camera. I really can't imagine that experience. Um, that had to be so surreal, but so I just like to ask usually as like a final question, like to this day, what is your proudest moment in your career? I think, I mean, I could answer that question in a million different ways. I think especially early in my career, I was really obsessed with like, just to be completely honest with being recognized, mm-hmm. you know, with, with getting awards and, and seeking awards and not, I'm not obsessed with it, but, but I think, I think I was, that's part of what was driving me. Um, and I think as I've gotten older and as I've progressed in my career, I've tried to not have that be remotely the focus of what I do and, and, and really enjoy the journey. And it sounds super cliched, but I think, you know, filmmaking is hard. Making docs are hard and it's so important to enjoy the process because, because it is hard, you know, and, and to surround yourself by people that inspire you, by people that push you. And, and that's one of the things I love about filmmaking too, is that you surround yourself. In my case, I always surround myself with my friends, with people that I, I care and I trust. And together we sort of keep leapfrogging each other and, and pushing each other to create something that we could have never created on our own. 
And that's the whole beauty of collaboration. That's the whole beauty of film for me. That's awesome. Well, you have such an incredible story and I know that you are finishing up or just finished up a project right now. So I can't wait for that to be released to the public so we can all watch it. You don't have to do a teaser because I know maybe it's like still a work in progress. But... Uh, well, I don't know. I can. I just... Okay. If you'd like to, I'm all for it. Well, I, I just finished a film on... Uh, artist named Jimmy Balvin, who's a, mm -hmm. a reggaeton star from Colombia. And it's about his, the lead up to the biggest show of his life in Medellin, his hometown. You know, that sort of week that I spent leading up to the concert where the whole country was in upheaval from the biggest protests the, the country had seen in, in decades. And I'm also working on a film about COVID that I've been shooting since March. Do you have a rough release date? <laughs> Uh, of either of either sometime. in the winter both probably released in the winter yeah so i'm so excited and this is like i said this has been awesome we'll have to have you back on sounds good well that's all for today guys thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week